There are four elements that you must implement into your sales meetings if you want your salespeople to really succeed. Today we're going to show you what these elements are and how to implement them into your weekly sales meetings. Let's join the very talented Drew Cameron and Russ Horrocks as they show us how to run an effective sales meeting. Take it away, Russ. Thanks, Wally. So in talking about running an effective sales meeting, what we find in our travels is that most salespeople don't like attending a sales meeting. And what we typically find is that the reason that salespeople don't like attending a sales meeting is that there's no objective, no, no designed outcome. So Russ, in your opinion, what do you think should be the objective of running an effective sales meeting? Well, I think the objective would have to be, how do you want to send your salespeople to the market? You'd have to keep that in mind as you're deciding the content, as you're trying to choose a subject matter, as you're structuring and organizing that meeting. You need to make sure that the objective is when they leave the meeting, they're in a better place than when they came to the meeting. They're in a good place as far as where their mind is. They feel positive, motivated. They feel good about what they do. They feel good about who they do it for. If you can achieve that, I think, then you can say you've run a, an effective sales meeting. Okay. So that being said, if you were to hold an effective sales meeting, what would be the best day, uh, time of day, and the length of that meeting to make it effective and productive? Good question. I, I think that um, Mondays were always the best for me, my teams, okay. teams that I worked on and teams that I led. Uh, the reason is, is that you're fresh. Um, the beginning of a week and anything you talk about, any training that you have, any skill development that you work on, uh, you get now to spend the week practicing it. Uh, there's a term we use called contextual learning. There's classroom learning, which is fine, but that's a transfer of knowledge. Contextual learning is the application of knowledge. And so the team can spend that week working on whatever specific topic or subject matter that was covered in the meeting, and they can go out and they practice it. And then the next meeting, make sure that you always have time to report back. What happened? What experiences did you have? Uh, let's share the successes. Let's uh, share the experiences where we didn't quite go the way we wanted to, and let's find out why. So uh, for me, that Monday morning was always the best time. Uh, length would be up to you. I liked a little longer meeting because I had a team that really enjoyed training. Right. Once they start to learn and have confidence in the training and the impact it has on their personal life, their professional life, they start to really enjoy the meeting. So I always ran about a two, two and a half hour meeting. Mm -hmm. I know that can be a little long for some people, so that would probably be kind of a your way kind of thing. Okay, so I mean, the, yeah, the length of the meeting, like you say, if you get into some, some detailed training, it could probably run a little bit longer. I think the key to actually having an effective meeting though, regardless of length, whether it be uh, you know, 60 minutes or 120 minutes or even a little bit longer is, it's got to be useful. There's got to be some content in there that the people feel compelled to be want you know, to take part of and then and do something with. I think what we find typically, the reason most salespeople don't like attending the sales meetings is there's nothing useful there. It's a rehash of the same old, same old every week. There's no new skills bought, uh, brought to the meeting by the sales le uh, leadership. And I think you know, that's one thing Russ and I pride ourselves upon you know, when we work with clients as well as when we were sa both sales managers is we wanted to make sure we showed up every week with something new so we had to be prepared. We had to be reading books and now watching video and listening to podcasts. And so could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the information can become stale and old if it's uh, you know, just regurgitated every single month. So I was always trying to find some new uh, angle to the, the skills, some angle to the approach, some new um, bit of information I thought would be complementary to what we already do. And I always try to keep it fresh and fun, interesting, uh, positive, of course. Right. 
And um, you know, I, th I think you you're going back to the original objective. If you're running a sales meeting and you feel like you're not achieving the objective, it's okay to stop. It's okay to say, you know what, this is not uh, achieving the objective I set forth. Whatever content or whatever, however the meeting's going, it's okay to stop and, and kind of call an audible. Yeah. Make sure that they leave in a positive mindset, prepared to go out and perform. So, you know, don't be a slave to your own subject matter that you ignore. You know, the actual you know condition, state of mind of your salespeople. Yeah, I think that's a, a great point. Is that, you know, I talk about in a lot of the training that I do is set the intention when you go into the house. Set the intention. So, you know, with a sales meeting, you want to set the intention. What is the objective of the sales meeting? You can restate that and it could be the same each week or you know, as Russ kind of said to, you know, to motivate and inspire your team to go out there or you can set a specific intention each week so when you set the intention you can then make sure that the the content that you're going to have for the meeting fulfills that intention and like you said if you don't feel it's going in the right direction then then just stop or reset uh, drop drop back and punt and maybe come back another time that being said as far as setting the intention why don't we talk about you know, specifically how we would go about doing that. What would be the structure that you would recommend as far as the uh, kind of the elements of a sales meeting? Okay, great question. I, I have had the benefit of thousands of sales meetings over my career, uh, both as a salesperson, a sales manager, and of course as a, a consultant and a trainer. And uh, I found a formula that was very simple, but very effective. I think first of all, you have to establish the rules of a meeting. For me, it was always to tell my team, look, this is our time. We pulled you off your islands to come in here and train, and this is going to be our time, and we're going to respect this time. And there's nothing that's going to be negative that's going to come into this meeting. It doesn't mean I don't care about your concerns, the challenges you might be facing. I want to hear about those things, but not in this meeting. This is a meeting that has to be about the culture development, the positive mindset, the execution of our craft, serving our customers, and helping each other. This is where we build our team. So I always set the ground rules for the meeting. No one can turn this into a complaint session. Nobody gets to hijack the meeting and turn it negative. We all commit to that, we agree to that, and we hold each other accountable to that. So I think it has to start there. You've got to really establish the objective, then you have to establish the ground rules for the meeting, and then you have to commit to hold each other accountable to those things. Having said that, um, I found pretty much four key elements to running a, a real simple but effective sales meeting to achieve those objectives. Okay. Um, let's start with the first one. The first one, I always started with numbers. Right. I know salespeople hate that. You know, I don't like to be judged. I don't like to you know, have my numbers be uh, exposed to the team or you know, all those fears, whatever those fears are. The reason we have to talk about numbers is because numbers measure effort. Okay. Without numbers, it's really hard to know what effort's needed. So, so on numbers, you could also, if you had any contests that were going on within the department or where you maybe paired your salespeople with a sales technician team, a, t a service technician team, you could kind of you know, report on the contest. Absolutely. If there were any awards or, or accolades that were being awarded for a month or for a quarter, you could also acknowledge those. 100%, absolutely. Keep it positive. Okay. And as you go through the numbers, let's say I say, Drew, great job. You're 10 for 11, first week, outstanding. What have you been doing that's made it so successful for you? So share a success story based on your numbers. Yeah, so it's, it's more interactive, not just reading a, a bunch of analytics. Let's say I turn over to John, and he's two for 10. It's not to beat John up, but it's John, hey look, it sounds like there's a lot of opportunities you're still working on. Where are you? How can we help you? Yeah. So every time we talk about the numbers, it has to be in the context of a positive reinforcement. Okay. Salespeople are very emotional creatures. <laughs> and those emotions are delicate. Yeah. 
And we have to make sure that we always are trying to build the positive emotion for the best possible outcome. Okay, element one, numbers. Element two? Element two would probably be, uh, I would go through marketing promotions. You go on that. You so, that. you know, company-sponsored promotions, we're in the shoulder season, we're, we're engaging in labor capacity management, uh, we've got some type of mailer, some type of email campaign. Whatever it is, the salespeople need to be armed with the information, informed what it is so they can intelligently lead with that as they run that type of lead source. So, yeah, make sure that your sales team's fully informed, prepared, has all the documentation of what's being company-sponsored at the moment. Okay, so numbers in marketing promotions campaigns. Absolutely. Number three? Number three would be technical. Mm -hmm. um, you know, salespeople always get accused of not being able to even read a tape measure. <laughs> We've all heard that before. Uh, but it's really important that the salespeople are held accountable to a certain technical level. Okay. They are responsible largely for the profitability of a job. They have to be really good at turning in paperwork that's going to represent uh, the execution of the installation where it can turn a profit. Mm -hmm. so, uh, that's so it would come in a few different sources. One would be field um, review. So your install manager would have things he brings back to the team. And again, you've got to really talk to your install managers. It can't be beat the salespeople down. Right. It can never be that. It comes in to make them better. Hey, guys, last week we noticed whatever it was, whether it's a code, whether it's a clearance issue or a configuration. This is important going forward. Here's how we're going to handle it. Does it make sense to everybody? Okay. It's not... Drew, you messed up, right. and you didn't do this. That's not the time and place for this. There's like a we're not allowing enough time for this scope of work, right? We need to expand the time so we actually maybe even have to change the price book. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Adjustments, technically, configure-wise, um, profitability, whatever, that's a good time for that. And you might even have third-party uh, experts come in. Okay. So you invite in, if you're in a, a boiler market, you invite in a radiator specialist or a steam boiler specialist. If you're in a, a hot, hot air market, you bring in a, someone that's a specialist on zoning, whatever it might be. You want to continue to build your technical knowledge. Um, and then I, it's also important to understand as you build the technical knowledge and the sales mean I want to reinforce that in terms of what's the best way now to use it within our process. Okay. You have the technical knowledge, but how is it useful? And how does it make sense to a homeowner? So that would also be exist not only existing product, but also new products as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We want to be on the cutting edge of everything. Okay. Whatever so we've got, the source. Go okay. Uh, so we've got numbers. Mm -hmm. We've got marketing campaigns and promotions. And we've got technical knowledge. What will be the fourth, fourth element? Fourth will be training. Okay. That's, the real, that's the real reason we're there. Okay. These are supposed to be training meetings. Okay. Not a waste of time to beat salespeople up. And so let's talk about that a little bit, right? Okay. I mean, you're in an environment, you've got the team present, mm -hmm. you, you want to make sure that you've got everybody involved in that training. You know, so, so how do you go about making sure that everybody contributes? So if I'm facilitating the meeting, I would need to have subject matter, right? Okay. So I need to plan and prepare ahead. What is important? What's, you know, for me, I used to always pay attention to the market. As we're rolling out of a season, I would be hypersensitive to that and know that we really need to get back to the fundamentals. Okay. We're going into the shoulder months, and we need our team mentally ready to go into homes and be prepared to spend more time. Okay. You kind of got to get lean and mean. Okay. You've got you've to really get down to the fundamentals to make sure that you're not just taking orders. We're now trying to create opportunities while serving our customers. So I would always pay attention to the market, what was needed. And then I'd also have some rolling concepts, okay. some fundamentals to what we do. Communication, asking questions, listening correctly, proving intent, building trust. 
whatever it might be. And then, of course, we want to make sure we practice those techniques, not just what is the information, but how do we actually practice those techniques. So how do you get people engaged and comfortable practicing? Do you have any rules for that, ground rules for that? I do, and I think that's really important. I don't know if you remember the first time you role play, but I do. I was terrified. Yeah. It wasn't fun. Yeah. I remember looking at the person across from me and saying, take it easy, we're just role playing. <laughs> right. We've all been through that. Uh, it's scary because your peers know what you're doing and what you're not doing. Yeah. And you're trying to make up the scenario. There's a lot of things going on that can make it really challenging. So I'm really sensitive to that. Okay. I've seen people go to trainings where they're told they're going to have to role play and be videotaped role play, and they told me they got on a flight and went home. And that's how scared they were of that proposition. So the ground rules I use is I want to go through the room and ask each person, are you comfortable role playing or not? Okay. And either answer is perfectly fine. Okay. There's no judgment here. And why that's so critical is because if we want to have an effective sales meeting, everyone has to feel safe. They've got to feel like, I want to go to the meeting. I want to learn from the meeting. I'm going to become better for the meeting. I can contribute in a safe way. And, and I'm going to learn. If I have an individual that's terrified of role playing and I force him to come in and I force him to comply to, to, to my request to role play, He's not going to learn anything. Right. It's going to be completely counterproductive. So the rules I, I, I set is I go through each person and say, would you role play or not? If they say yes, they say fantastic. If they say no, I say fantastic. But the ones that say no, I ask them a question. It's OK if you don't role play. But when someone else does on your team, can we count on you for your valuable input and insight to help us all grow? Okay. What do you think they're going to say to that? Yeah. Of course. No doubt. They feel safe. You bet. Mm -hmm. And I invite them. When you do feel safe and comfortable, we'd love to have you join the team and role playing, but when you're ready. Okay. And you're going to find that they want to do that, and they'll gain confidence over time once they feel safe, and they're going to want to contribute that way as well. Okay. So you gave us an idea. Have a syllabus of ideas and content that you want to go through. Uh, maybe one topic each week, that, one or two topics that you'll go through in this training. Where, where could you source some ideas? Where, where, you know, where could we get some content you know, to go through in the meeting? Well, uh, if you happen to uh, belong to EGIA, of course, there's a tremendous amount of content online that you could pull from that's going to give you concepts and ideas to support. Um, you could look from uh, third party. Uh, there's a lot of consultants out there that do this work that can help you. Um, you could also look at uh, uh, self-improvement books. I mean, you could go to any source, resource that you think is going to help your team be better. So um, I know you told me about you know, a book club kind of thing. Tell us more about that. What is yeah, an idea on that would be to have a kind of a book of the month, if you will, where uh, each salesperson on your team or, or technician, depending on you know, who's attending the event, is assigned a chapter. And they, you know, we all are reading the book, but each week you cover a chapter of the book and, and have a kind of a self-development type uh, atmosphere there as well. We get asked all the time about books, don't we? Yes, we do. I have people ask me on a daily basis, what books do I recommend? So I think a lot of people are, are really care about their own success, and they're willing to invest in their own success. So they'll read books. Okay. So to summarize, basically, we want to go through the numbers. We want to have a, a conversation and reporting of the numbers, talk about contests and awards and things of that nature. Marketing promotions would be number two, you know, discussing what the marketing campaign is and how to utilize it and how to utilize it effectively because they change and the, and the, the objective behind the campaign changes. 
Number three, you want to get into some technical training. Now that can be obviously you bring in some internal personnel, that can be you, or you can bring in some third party people and content. And then number four, you want to get into training and role playing specifically. Lots of sources and ideas for that. Make sure you have an agenda. Don't just wing it and say, hey, what do you want to talk about? What are you running into? What are you seeing out there? Those are not necessarily bad questions, uh, but I think you want to make sure that you have a framework for the agenda so that people see that it's effective. Any last uh, comments on running an effective meeting? Yeah, I think this is probably one of the most important ones. Um, when you go to practice the concept, the idea, the subject matter, um, usually it's in the form of role playing. There's a, there's a good way to role play in a bad way. Okay. There's good practice and bad practice, right? Sure. Um, I'm a great example of back, bad practice when it comes to golfing. I go <laughs> to the range and I practice really badly. Sure. Uh, so good practice to me for role playing, um, the most important part of it is paying attention to the feelings. The cool thing about role playing, even though it's fake, the emotions felt are real. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah. So if I'm in a, a role play with you in a meeting, what I say and do is going to trigger certain emotions in you. And those are very real. Yeah. So before you comment on what was said, let's comment on how it made you feel. Okay. So the feelings I'm going for are what? Confidence, safety, trust, believability. And, and that customer to feel compelled by the information. So you could say something that sounds good, but it doesn't make someone feel good. Yes. So pay attention to the language that you're using. For example, I could say to you, Drew, I recommend this. Now, recommend's not a horrible word, but some people respond well to it, and some people don't respond well to it. We've all been given bad recommendations in our lives before. So we work on the language to make someone feel better. So rather than I would recommend this, Drew, I might say, look, Drew, this may be important to you, so why don't we take a moment and cover it? you might find it very valuable. So let's take a moment and just explore it. So as you're working the role playing, the practice part of this, pay attention to how people are feeling. That's going to be the best indicator. Am I, am I mastering this technique, this concept, this idea? And is it having the intended result I want with my customer, my homeowner? OK, great. Well, as you can see here, some great ideas on running an effective and productive sales meeting to grow your sales, certainly, but more importantly, to grow your people. And that's the key to this, is it, it when the people feel that they're there for a good reason, that you're there to help them, they're going to want to attend. They're going to obviously look to contribute and learn from this, and, and it can help the, you know, grow the individuals as well as grow yourself. So some great ideas, Russ. Awesome content as always, guys. Listen, it's great to hear the details of running an effective sales meeting, as I know a lot of our viewers out there aren't doing these things on a regular basis. Now, if you're a member of EGIA Contract University, make sure you continue to watch this show every week and make sure your salespeople are going through the core sales training every single year. If you're not a member of the Contract University, well, you should be. And you can get free access to our platform for 30 days by clicking the Join button at the top of this page. Now, in 30 days of a free trial, you can get through the entire sales training program, and I guarantee you that would have a huge impact on your sales productivity. So give it a shot. What do you have to lose, my friend? Listen. That's our show for this week. We will see you soon. Until then, bye-bye for now.